Welcome to RX City. This is episode 16. You're listening to The Rocket. Today we'll be talking about New Order. And uh, to do that, please welcome K9. What's going on? Hey, man. What's up? Thank you for the introduction. Doing great, man. How about you? How's everything with you? Everything all good? Everything is great. I'm just happy summer is here in the UK after uh, several weeks of rain. Yeah. This summer seemed to never arrive, but finally we have the summer of love. Oh, summer anyway. <laughs> 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 it's uh yeah it's been fairly warm just yesterday uh the last two days was like really like kind of cold in toronto i had to put on my jacket yeah. like the other previous days i was wearing shorts and t-shirt and then all of a sudden i had to put oh. on my jacket so yeah but it's warming yeah that is strange yeah. for yeah for toronto this yeah time. Uh, but uh well we're in the summer and we're talking about new order uh before that let's uh let's talk about what we've been listening to uh so k9 you want to uh, let the listeners know what you've been listening to in the last few weeks. Sure. Um, so it's basically some hodgepodge. Um, did listen to the new J. Cole album. Um, I think it dropped mm-hmm. about two, three weeks ago. Uh, oh, I wasn't aware yeah, of it. Yeah, it was, uh, it's not bad. It's actually pretty good. If you get a chance, check yeah. it out. Um, I haven't really got to really absorb it. Like I was listening to it while I was yeah. working, things of that nature. And it's, uh, it's actually really good. Um uh, he is good. Yeah. Man. I think he's very is very good. Mm-hmm. You've you've listened to many of his older albums, right? Yeah, yeah I think I've listened to most of them except for this new mm-hmm. one. Um, I went through all his albums. So when I was doing a deep dive into him and Kendrick Lamar and Drake, so yes, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jake. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think if you like the previous albums, you'll definitely like this album. Um, so definitely worth a listen. So whenever you get a chance, check it out. Um, on the awesome, awesome. whole, um, trying to listen, trying to remember anything else um, that I really do that I was listening to. Uh, a little bit of Stone Temple Pilots as well. So and this was, yeah, oh, recommendation wow. from you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was listening to Stone Temple. I was like, why doesn't K9 ever listen to Stone Temple? <laughs> no, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. I know, I know you did. Yeah. But like I, th- I think you were more into Velvet Revolver, like uh, previously, yeah. right? A few years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's not. You know what? It's a really good. They're really solid, man. They're so solid. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. And yeah. I think it's. Uh, would you would you call that music grunge or no? Uh, yeah, I would say grunge with melody. Mm-hmm. They're like they put a bit of uh, Beatles in there. I mean, that's maybe that's too much of high praise, but right. In terms of grunge, the most melodic band is Stone Temple Pilots. I feel the rest are a bit more grimy, right. and uh, you know they like the opposite of Soundgarden. You yeah, yeah, they are <laughs> definitely the opposite of Sound. It was a more yeah. uh, accessible sound, right? Yeah, a little bit more poppy, you could say, if if you could use that yeah. word. Uh, but, I think, yeah. and and you know, listening to Stone Temple Pilots, you suddenly you really realize that, especially if, and both you and I were listening to radio in like the late '90s and O's. Uh, you know, when you had Definitely. bands like Creed and Saliva and all these, how do I, how can I be nice to these bands? <laughs> Copycats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wannabes. yeah. Uh, people used to say like, oh, they're just copying Pearl Jam. But now in a further listening, oh no, they're copying Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I think there there is definitely truth in that. I think probably they were copying Pearl Jam, but there is definitely truth, um, especially the Vaseline album. Yeah, the one with the Vaseline um, it was a very uh, very copied sound, definitely in the early two thousands. Yeah, like, late nineties. Because uh, and I think that's that was the genius of Stone Temple. They figured out like you know we can put add melodies, but keep that sound in there and just you know make something, make an album yeah, like that. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean yeah. Definitely, I think they're very underrated mm-hmm. as terms of his history yeah. goes. But very good band, very good band. And they, you know what was amazing about them is like, and I think it's if you don't pay attention, and this is what happens is that they were constantly selling out arenas. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, you know, they weren't a college band. They were a big band. Yeah, they were in a the big USA. Band. Definitely, man. And they're they're pretty big. Yeah. You know? It's just that I think they get overshadowed by the grunge, yeah. you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden. People are like ah, these guys are like the poor man mm-hmm. 
version of that, but it's not like that. They had their own yeah, thing. Yeah, they had their own thing. And that's and that's the thing. Like and the, I think it's when you view uh you know the past with fresh eyes rather than what's going on at that time, you're like, oh, they weren't trying to do that. They were never that type of band. No. Yeah, no, definitely not. All right, awesome, man. Um, in terms of myself, I've just I haven't listened to much. I've just been listening to a lot of synth um, instrumentals. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, and it's largely because um, of when we, uh, as a group, we're in a group called RCN, read the book uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" I got into um, synth quite a lot, cyberpunk. Right. I've also been reading William Gibson's uh, Neuromancer. So I've been listening to a lot of synth since then, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a lot of covers too, like you know, cover of November Rain. Right. <laughs> um, Terminator theme, yeah. Blade Runner theme, that kind of stuff. So a lot of synth and a lot of electronic, like Chemical Brothers and stuff. Right. It's kind of into that uh, mold. And I think that's what opened the door when I listened to synth to New Order, mm-hmm. to be right. honest, because that just opened that synth right, door. Yeah. Right? Then I started looking back, um, you know, even like Pet Shop Boys and uh, Charlatans and just kind of going back to that, that right. scene. Um so speaking of, well, we're talking about New Order today, but um, before that, uh, we should probably talk about Joy Division. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joy Division was based, uh, was formed, sorry, in Salford, uh, Manchester, 1976. Um, they had a couple of albums, Unknown Pleasures and Closer. Um, it was made up of Ian Curtis, who's the main singer, Bernard Summer, Peter Hook, Stephen Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Curtis, unfortunately, committed suicide. So that band um, was over, or so we thought, um, New Order was basically based from the end of that band. Uh, so Bernard Summer kind of took over the vocals, and they added Jillian uh, Gilbert on keyboards, and they formed New Order, which is uh, who we're talking about today. So any thoughts about um, Joy Division? Because um, I'm, I know a few songs right. like uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart, mm-hmm. um, Transmission, but I'm not uh, I'm not well well versed, I guess. Right in the joy division but uh did you listen to joy division and what were your thoughts right. like uh, of the albums and stuff um about? so i did listen to joy division um and i listened to quite a lot of them so again this goes back to the 2000s early 2000s um you know new metal was big and it was coming towards an end it was that that whole scene was coming towards an end um and um grunge was already dead dead as in terms of like uh, their mainstream um, viability. Yeah. It was more or less yes. gone. So a new crop of bands were propping up, but I think they were propping up because they were influenced by Joy Division. Um, and I was, you know, like I started to pick up their albums and I started to listen to them. So yeah, I was, I was quite familiar with them. Um, I did enjoy them a lot. There was like a, if you, if you, keep the music in um in terms of uh in a historical sense prior to joy division there was no band that sounded like them maybe a little bit of like velvet underground maybe a little bit of um um i forget the guy's name he did an album with metallica that wasn't very well received lou reed Reed. yeah a little bit of that you get and even bowie and even bowie so those three yeah. things, those three bands, you kind of hear that influence. But prior to that, you didn't really hear that. Like, you know, I mean, if you look at like bands like Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, uh, mm. um, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, even yeah. late 70s kind of bands, nobody had that sound. So if you look at it through that sense, it was fresh. It was new. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also keeping in terms of like history, like I at that time Manchester was a dump. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. A lot of grind. Yeah, grind the, stuff. <laughs> the industry had fallen apart. Um, people that used yeah. to have a living didn't have a living anymore, and and in that terrible place, some brilliant music was coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should probably mention the Manchester scene real yeah. quick. Um, I mean, that was basically, like you said, um, in that desperation, a lot of new bands came mm-hmm. about. Um, Charlatans, of course, New Order, uh, James, um, 
Primal Scream, uh, all part of that Manchester scene, which was kind of like, I don't know, dance, pop, rock. I don't know how to describe yeah. it really, but uh, I think New Order like owned one of the dance clubs that uh, a lot of the stuff was happening from uh, from my research. Yeah, uh, Hacienda? Uh, uh, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I kind of missed that scene really, like I didn't really, uh, of course I forgot Stone Roses yeah. is probably my favorite from that scene. Um I, uh, of course, know Stone Roses, but I kind of missed that scene um, just because I moved here in the late 90s. But it was a pretty important scene, like setting up a new yeah. order, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, and um, it's so, uh, and this is, a, this is something that's very interesting. So if you, are you familiar with the term, like I think it's called congruent evolution, where like two different, uh, well, I guess it's a, two different species evolve in a different uh, environment but they're the same species uh no no so uh, yeah so this is kind of like there was like a congruent kind of ideology that was going on so you had new york yeah which was also a dump in the late 70s it wasn't a great place you know there's it was crime ridden it was uh you know structures were falling apart society was falling apart and you had manchester yeah so you had these two scenes that were like, you know, um, music was evolving in a similar pattern. Like, uh, you know, you had the Sex Pistols and Buzzcocks in England. You had the Ramones in um, the United States. And from there, you had like Blondie and hip hop came about. New York House came about. And in the same time, um, in, um, in Manchester, they were listening to New York House and it was influencing them to make, you know, their own organic UK sound mixed in uh, with rock. Interesting. And yeah, yeah and if you if you listen to that stuff, this is like all those bands that you mentioned. The young Gallagher's were all at those concerts. Yes, they were. Especially, I think yeah. Stone Roses was a big favorite. Of so them. they were all there. They witnessed all this happening. They were at the Hacienda. They watched New Order. They watched the Smiths. They watched all these bands as they were kids, mm. you know, growing up and watching this stuff. So yeah. So yeah. at the so it was like a, it was a sound that was happening in both places that were then they were influencing each other and there was also happening organically, and they were building upon that. So that was it was like a the first time where. I think there's like a cross-cultural effect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, probably punk mm -hmm. as well yes. back in the day. Um, uh, with the, yeah, from New York and then it got it to London. But yeah, you're definitely, uh, after that, this would probably be the second time that would ha that happened at a yeah. big scale. Um, I, I imagine, yeah. I imagine like a whole bunch of people in Germany saw this and it just, they started 10 different, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, um well, the musical genre, I forget the name, like uh, uh, industrial bands. <laughs> yeah, most probably, most probably, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's, um, that's the appeal of it for me. But again, beyond just the appeal, um, so I think one of the questions you always ask, and I remember this is kind of funny to me, and I'll get to you right after this, was like, man, mm. of all the bands in the world, this is your favorite band? Like you got the Rolling Stones, you got the Beatles, <laughs> Pearl Jam, Metallica, Guns, Guns and Roses, Roses Metallica, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're right. Yes, there. Is, it is a weird choice to have this as your favorite band, but I. Um, so the reasoning being so is, I know you grew up with the Beatles. Like your grandfather listened to them, and your father listened to them. Correct. Right. Right. So yes. I didn't grow up with the Beatles. I grew up with disco. Like as a kid. I was, uh, you know, my parents yeah. were into, uh, well, not my parents. It was my dad. He worked for a Swedish company in Saudi Arabia. And then he had like ABBA. So I grew up with ABBA. I grew up with Boney M. <laughs> oh, I yeah. didn't know about this. And then okay. Madonna. Yeah. And um, and that was like latter part. That yeah, latter. You knew about that. Yeah, yeah you knew about that. <laughs> and Michael Jackson. So, and even yeah. like back in the day, like, even with Pakistani pop music, um, you know, Alamgir and Muhammad um, Ali Sheikhi, they were kind of like, they had a disco sound to them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. They were um, they were definitely influenced by that. There's no doubt about it. About it you know? yeah. yeah. So, 
I that was my that was like kind of like my basis, and I think uh, even for my like you know there was melodies in disco, there's like a beat in disco. It wasn't as fast as techno, mm. so I think for my and and it's a disco is very easy to understand, right? Like much like early Beatles, it's very easy to understand. Oh uh, yeah, 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 without a shadow of a doubt. And, yeah, yeah. So somebody sitting in Kuala Lumpur, whose second language is English, or somebody sitting in Lagos, Nigeria, mm. whose English is their second language, this is easy to pick up and say, mm. "Oh, this is good stuff." Yeah, it translates easily. I get. Yeah. It. Yeah. So in that sense, those two those two things are very similar in that aspect. Um, wow, I didn't so, know that's super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then as I got older, then you know I started listening to more like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, right, right, and um, I got into more like Pearl Jam. Yeah, I listened to a lot of hip hop. Yeah. So when. I got like New Order was like the intersection. There was like a a bit of like you know because they're a new wave band and the forefather of new wave is disco. So you had that element in there. Mm. Then you had they were definitely like if you listen to the lyrics, some of their guitar, uh, you know, just their guitar sounds. They definitely sounded like an indie band. So you had that element in there. Yes, yeah. I um, mean, well, we'll get to that when we go through the albums. I uh... yeah. It reminded me of a few other bands in the UK, but uh, we'll get to that. Right. Uh, and then lastly, I want to point out that they were post-punk band. So they had like a punk kind of um, drive. I think the same thing with Guns N' Roses. Like, you know, they were like really a, all the guys loved punk. And I think that's why to this day, out of the all the bands that came out of that LA hair band scene, Guns N' Roses is still the most. The king, yeah. The king, and they're still listened to the most that because of like just how they were. There was like an aspect of originality in them. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and saying that, let's uh, let's jump to the first album, which is Movement, nineteen eighty one. I quite like this album. Uh, I wouldn't say it was my favorite right. of their albums, but I really like yeah. the Dreams Never End, Chosen Time, and uh, the mm -hmm. Hymn, which was like this slow, haunting kind of song. Yeah, but a really solid start to their career, um, especially after the demise of Joy Division. Would you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Um, again, I have to agree with you as well that it's not my favorite, mm. and um, because I did listen to Joy Division, um, I think this is the album where there's like uh, New Order is trying to find their sound. Yeah, and there's definitely an overlap of Joy Division over here. Yes, I would agree. Um, like uh, you know, like. Um, I would say songs like, um, hold on, uh, ICB, and also him. Mm. There, you, there's aspects of Joy Division in there. Um, not to say that I didn't like the uh, album. Uh, I I love Dreams Never End. Dreams Never End is so beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is uh, definitely. That was the first song I noticed uh, mm -hmm. from this album. Um, so um, I also had the Collector's Edition album. So um, I don't know if you got to check out songs like Ceremony and um, uh, what's it called? Temptation? Uh, yeah, I've heard Temptation. I like that song, definitely. Right. And Ceremony, I don't think so. But... Okay. So here's the thing. Like if you listen to Ceremony, it just it's like the blueprint of every O's British post-punk revival band. Like and again, it's not. It's not. I'm not dissing these bands. I think it's like an homage that they paid to New Order. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, I, it makes me think like when I listen to this entirety of album, like all of Block Party sat there, listened to this album, and said, "We're gonna make this album." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and again, it's not a diss. I'm not dissing them. Um, no, no, no. Their influence. It's, it's more like it's yeah. It's their yeah. influence. You can totally hear their influence on that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't my favorite album, but it, uh, I did see like uh, I did see some amazing. There was some amazing tracks in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, especially "Dreams Never End." That's like one of the best. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So let's move on to "Power, Corruption, and Lies," nineteen eighty-three. Um, this I liked quite a lot more, and this is yeah. like when they're really getting into new order and kind of uh moving on from joy division um 
I really loved Age of Consent, which I thought was like super catchy and just a really cool yeah. song. Um, the Village, which I just love the guitar riff or rhythm. Yeah. Uh, and then Your Silent Face, which is like a slow kind of uh, sad song almost. Uh, Ecstasy yeah. was another one. And uh, Leave Me Alone, which always reminded me, almost sounded like The Cure, you know, or, or The Smiths yeah. at some point, you know, that kind of rhythm yeah uh, that, that kind of sadness kind of stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. They, I, I guess that's that's the key word like a poignant kind of album uh with kind mm -hmm. of you know that kind of vibe but uh yeah those were my thoughts power corruption lies uh what about you i had the same feeling um i really felt that this was like when they were starting to shed that joy division kind of stuff and they were getting more and more into creating the new order sound um yeah I, uh, so again, I had the 2009 collector's edition, so I got to listen to songs like Confusion, Thieves Like Us, and Lonesome Tonight. Uh, did you listen to any of these songs? Uh, no, I just listened to the normal kind of... Uh, okay. So they're like extra songs, right? Like Yeah. So Confusion, yeah. The, so again, this goes back to like back in the day. Like now, we have access through all these songs via iTunes. Yeah. But back in the day like you know this was like you were crate hop you know you were crate digging you were looking for eps and singles Absolutely. yeah yeah so this was these were released at that time simultaneously but um you know through the uh they were re-released in 2009 and we got a hold of them uh i just do want to point out that confusion um, the video takes place in New York City, and um, you can like you see where New Wave is taking off in New York City, and it's like where New Wave meets punk meets hip hop, and that that showcases because I I forget the name of the producer for that particular song, hmm. but he was an, uh, he was a hip hop producer. He worked with Africa Bombada, and. Um, I think, uh, yeah, and a couple other, like, those early, early hip-hop acts. So uh, immediately, like, you know, like, almost immediately had an ap appeal to me. You know, it's like, oh, that fresh underground yeah. Manchester slash New York sound. This is so good. Yeah. Um, well, that, uh, again, that, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's just interesting. In my Spotify, um, Temptation, Confusion, Ceremony, they're all on um, the Substance album. So I don't know what happened there. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, You're I guess right. like uh, early recording and then they added to the yeah special edition um, or something. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's fair enough. All right. So yeah. I'm sorry. So substance, uh, the album itself is a release of all the B sides. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I thought it was an original album. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah. yeah. so substance was, I think it was released in '88 or '87. Yeah. 80, okay, '87. Yeah. So that was just all their B sides, and gotcha, <laughs> you gotcha. go back, and, yeah. And again, it look, it definitely sounds like everybody was listening to Substance, and was like, "Hey, I can like all these guys in UK were listening to Substance in 1999 and 2000." And like, I think I can make that album. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Started yeah. the whole thing, man. But uh, yeah. All right. Uh, ready and, to move uh, to uh, low life or? Anybody? I was just going to add one more thing. Like, yeah, um, go ahead, go ahead. So I tried to, like, again, I tried to keep this fair and balanced. So my thing was like, Ultraviolence. Now I don't hate this song, but to me, it definitely sounds like a B sides to the first album. Um, and um, I think yeah. we leave me alone. Like you had mentioned that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I must have heard that a million times fifteen years ago. Yeah, very catchy. So, very yeah, important. very catchy. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. it was. Uh, it was. There was a period in my time, in my life, like 15 years ago, where I think I only listened to New Order. <laughs> I would start the day with New Order, and then eventually other bands, other stuff, other things. But I yeah. definitely listened to a lot of New Order because it was just, uh, I, I for me it was, you know, I think it, as I mentioned before, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, it just definitely felt like, oh, that's the sound that I've always wanted to hear. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of them almost sounds like the Smiths at time. I mean, I know they're different mm -hmm. bands, but they're both from Manchester, and they both have that. Um, some of the guitar work is kind of similar at times, but yeah, it maybe stretch. But I, I always felt that with some songs. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, I think, uh, and plus, I don't know if you know this, but Johnny Marr from the Smiths had teamed up with Bernard Summer, uh, and they made a band called Electronic. Oh, okay. So that I'm not far off then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're okay. not far off at all. I did not know about that. Okay, uh, I should yeah. check that out. Should check that out. Yeah, no Electronic idea. is yeah. yeah, and I think Neil Tennant from um, uh, from Pesha Boys was on the first album, but then uh, on the the subsequent albums, you don't hear him at all. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you hear him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you get a chance, man, that's uh, that's some really good stuff. It's it's um it's the first album I love a lot because it's like the it's what the quintessential Manchester sound is. Hmm. I yeah. will definitely check that out. Um, all right, so let's move on to Low Life, which is nineteen eighty five. Um, mm-hmm. So this actually has my favorite song of theirs, but uh, I'll uh, I'll leave it to last. Um, so I liked uh, Sunrise, uh, which is pretty intense. Aligia, which was just an instrumental, which I thought was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, Subculture, which was like very synth synth pop and catchy. Right. Um, Face up, but uh, my favorite song of this album and of New Order is Love Vigilantes. Yeah. Uh, I just freaking love a song. And I was like, wow, this why have I not heard this before? <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy doing this podcast. I got to hear the song. Uh, yeah. Thoughts? So uh, funny story. Uh, Love Vigilantes. I always thought that was about a guy coming back from World War One, But it was about the Falkland Wars. So that was... Ah, okay. I was off by so many, <laughs> so many decades over there. Well, I thought it was about love, so I was way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, it's actually a, a soldier that dies in the war, and his ghost comes back. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Well, so uh, the, uh, it's yeah. a yeah, it's a protest song. This is about as political as New Order gets, I guess. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this was my favorite album of theirs, but uh, what yeah. about your? How, what did you think of the album as a whole? I love the album, start to finish. I think it's amazing. Um, I always think like uh, the song "This Time of the Night." I imagine like a young Trenton Reznor heard that song and he's like, "I'm going to be a rock star now." <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, yeah there, this was again. There's not only was it like a post-punk new wave sound. But also like uh, a goth sound, you know, like they were like, hey, a lot of I think a lot of bands were like, yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I, I can uh, make this kind of album. Yeah, so I I, I get I, I love these albums. These are and it's hard for me to kind of, um, you know, separate my fandom and be critical of this of yeah. these albums. So it's uh, I try my best. Um, I just want to add one more thing, and I wanted to hear your opinion. Yes. So, what do you think about uh, Peter Hook and Stephen Morris, the rhythm section of this band? Um, outstanding. I mean, that's. I think that's really the backbone of the band. Uh, from yeah. My point of view. Yeah. Yeah, it's so phenomenal. Like just how tight yeah. that rhythm section is. I I really love Stephen Morris as a drummer. Yeah. Um, there's. Uh, I would say um, when I was a kid. I think it was only because I was like a GNR fan, so I liked uh, their old drummer. He's not even there anymore now. Steven Adler, yeah. Oh no, not Steven Adler. The one after Steven. Oh, Matt, Matt Sorum. Sorum. Yeah. yeah, he's not there anymore. I just found no. out like a few years back. You went to see them live. Did was he there or he was gone by then? No, no, no. When I saw them, it was just uh, it was just Axl Rose and uh, the Hired Guns. So there was no okay. nobody from the okay. old, except for Dizzy Reed. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, he used to be my favorite drummer. And then, you know, as time went on, I listened to more sounds. And people, uh, you know, I think people like Keith Moon and John um, John Bonham as well. Were you a Keith Moon fan? Because I know you love The Who. Um, I don't really love The Who. I had their greatest hits. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But I definitely definitely was a fan of The Who. I had their greatest hits and stuff like that. So I liked some of okay. their songs. And uh, okay. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Who, but I definitely uh, appreciate his drumming. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I'd probably like more into Lars Ulrich, Metallica, or okay. uh, uh, the Iron Maiden kind of drumming. Uh, 
Yeah. I forget his name right now, but <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it was a massive kit. Those guys have massive kits, right? Like both <laughs> bands. Like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, again, it's not, it's, it's difficult to play on massive kits. It's not easy. Of course, of course. Drumming isn't easy to begin with, you know. Yeah. So uh... I remember I was just thinking about this as a side note. When Metallica came out with their, you know, um, their 2008 album, Damage Incorporated. Was it Damage Incorporated? I think uh, so. Damage Inc. I think. Damage Inc., yeah. So, uh, and when Lars, I think he played it for um, the lead singer of Skid Row. Um now I'm blanking out what is... I forget. I'm very bad with names. Sebastian uh, Bach. Yeah. And the first thing Sebastian Bach said to him, thank you, was, uh, Ben, how are you going to play the, these songs? They're so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Lars is a technical... He's like a... He's pretty... He's really damn good, man. He's, he's great. really damn good. Yeah, he's great. And, there's, there's and even the... Yeah. Even the maiden drummer, and you know, yeah. that's very unfortunate that we haven't, we don't know his name, but that guy's phenomenal too, man. I think it's like, Nick, Nick something, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you go back and check out Power Slave, just that speed drumming, man, that's so awesome. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So All moving right. on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so we both love Low Life. And next was uh, Brotherhood, 1986. Uh, yes. Two songs that I'd like to mention Paradise, Broken Promise, Way of Life, and Every Little Counts, which was uh, a little bit slow, but very. Mm -hmm. Just a great song. So, yeah, those yeah. were my uh, three or four songs. Um, overall, I felt it was pretty good, pretty good. And yeah. a good, good kind of like next step from Low Life. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much it for me for that album. But uh, what are we, your thoughts, Brotherhood? Um, yeah, so with Brotherhood, um, I thought this was the first album where it's like a true immersion into electronic, uh, more electronic sound. Um, yeah. For for me, there was not one song on this album that I can say underperforms, and um, yeah. But it also had like their breakout song, Bizarre Love Triangle. Okay, ah. uh, which was the big hit that uh, you know? I think it was a big hit in Australia and U.S. And uh, that's a big deal for a British band. If you're big in England, that's great. But you, if you make it to the U.S., that means you broke out. Absolutely. So that uh, for them, you know, for I would say that that's a it's a it's a good song. Uh, any of our fans that would really want to see where they if they really want to do a deep dive into New Order or not, this was probably the song you want to start with and then go from there. That's what I always suggest. Um, I also got a chance to check out some of the B-sides, which was also on the 2009 Collector's Edition. Mm -hmm. So you had songs like 1963 and Touched by the Hand of God, which mm -hmm. both songs I felt like were damn near perfect. Yeah. Like if, if somebody said, hey, what does New Order sound like? I'm like, oh, check these songs out. Well, there you have it. That's a good place to start if you're uh, looking at New Order. New Order. Yeah. So, um, awesome. Right. So, next was uh, the B-side, Substance. Um, yeah. I guess I had a question. Like, uh, I had, uh, I didn't know it was B-side. So, I had Blue Monday, yeah, yeah. Temptation, and Confusion, and True Faith. But mm -hmm. Blue Monday is like, I guess, their most well-known song here, at yes. least in the UK. But mm -hmm. where is it from if this was a B-side um, is it just a single or? Yeah, it was their first single that came out. Ah, okay. Because I was Very thinking like 1987 is a little late because I swear that song was out yeah. before. So that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, I guess this is a B-Size album. Um, but yeah, those are just a few songs I admit yeah. I was into. But any uh, any thoughts? I guess just more of the same. So, okay. My thing was, yeah, so we're, I didn't know that I like... You know, because I started listening to the albums again and paying attention to which songs the albums came from. And I just realized that I listened to a lot of their B-sides and I really loved their B-sides. Yeah. I think um, the for it, it was something because you have to imagine like, oh, these are the songs they cut out? That's pretty damn good, man. 
and you can make an album out of this entire stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. so amazing. Right, right. Um, the only other band that I can think of that comes like, you know, this close to their B-sides that I really enjoyed was um, James and the band. Um, oh, man. Why? I, I'm blanking out again. Oasis had um, a good one, Masterplan. But yeah, go. Yeah, Masterplan was pretty decent. Yeah, it was actually to... really decent. Yeah. It was, there were so many hidden gems in Masterplan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a three-piece band from the UK. Um, I'm trying to... Um, uh, indie band, rock? It was kind of an indie band. Um, they... Oh, man. Manic Street Preachers? Uh, no, I suggested them to you. Uh, and you're like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty damn good, man. Um, the doves, uh, do- doves, the doves. They also released the B sides, which was also phenomenal. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's such a you know, it's so unfortunate that the doves don't have that kind of massive fan base. No, but I mean, they, they should. should. I think they're very underrated. Yeah, yeah. very underrated. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, uh, you know, these are. Uh, I think anytime when you have a band that puts out these kind of spectacular B-sides, well, Oasis yeah. included, I think uh, it's it shows like just the amount of hard work this band is willing to put in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, for example, I didn't even know this was a B-sides album. I was going to say this is one of their best albums. So that just uh, <laughs> you know sums up what you're saying, that it's so good that you know, it, yeah. it's surprising that there were B-sides to begin with. Yeah, it's, uh, again, uh, yeah. And uh, I think for um, even for like I guess our audience, if you've never heard it, would you suggest starting off with Substance or? Yeah, I think so. You know, be, just because of Blue Monday Temptation, I think that yeah. translates uh, easier than some of the other songs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would go, it would be a good place to start. You know, I think for the casual. I think fan. so too. Yeah, I think so too. Um. The other, the other thing I was going to tell you about is like, um, uh, are you familiar with the DJ Moby? Moby, yeah, I know Moby. No, not DJ. Yeah. Uh, the what was his song? Uh, the bald guy, right? Like he was big in the. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He did a cover of uh, Temptation. Ah, okay. But it was a slow version, right? Um. Yeah, I never really got into it. I think my wife has the album Play. So I've seen it. Oh around. yeah. Yeah. It's a good album. It's actually a very good album. Yeah, I should check him out now. These doors have been opened finally. So. <laughs> <laughs> all I remember is Eminem dissing him. That was, that's all I knew about him. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I that, I knew of that. Like, it was funny. I get where Eminem's coming from. And it was funny, like, at that time. And, um, you know, I knew where Moby was coming from as well, but... It was it was just one of those times where, you know, it was kind of funny to watch Eminem. I think as a grown person, I would just find him like annoying. But at that time, I didn't find him annoying. Yeah, I found him hilarious. I did yeah. find him hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so uh, and uh, he, Moby was like the I get so what what. This where I'm coming from over here is like how a band like New Order was like a shift. And what I mean by shift is that prior to prior to 2000 you if you were a band worth you know the salt hmm. worth any salt you would say that my influences are Beatles my influences are Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. My influences are um, Led Zeppelin. Right. And every band, every band, like from Pearl Jam all the way up to, you know, Journey. Yeah. They would say those are our influences, you know? Yeah, most probably. And then all, yeah. And then all of a sudden in the 2000s, and Moby said, and this is what coming back, Moby's like, I never listened to Pink Floyd. I was only listening to Joy Division. Oh, which, wow, okay. Yeah, so number one to a rock purist that sounds sacrilegious and pretentious at the same time. Yeah, and to someone like me, it's like 
that's such a fresh take, man. That is so fresh. That is like, oh, that's something completely different. We're in, and I, I, I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to be like, you know, controversial for the sake of being controversial. Hmm. But I think we tend to limit ourselves in that kind of thing, where if you enjoy music then you can only listen to these bands. I mean, not li only listen to these bands, but you should give these bands their due. If you don't give these bands their due, then you're not a rock fan or whatever the ethos that people have mm. that are rock purists, right? Yeah. And I think it was just, I think it was such a shift and an anti-establishment kind of statement that it made sense. And it also made me go like, you know what? Yeah, that's probably more relatable to me. Yeah. No, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'll and again, uh, try Moby. Yeah. 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 And I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll look into Moby. That's all I yeah. want to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and what I want to point out is that these bands, all these bands are legacy bands and they deserve to be in the pantheon of rock and roll. Yeah. But we have to include now blondie we have to include new order we have to include the smiths and the cure they belong up there as well oh yeah i mean i don't think there's a killers without new order person yeah, yeah there isn't yeah. and i'll tell you a funny story actually we'll save it for because we will discuss the latter albums again so i'll share that story later but um we'll go on with that okay cool so uh yeah just to let the uh, listeners know we're only covering the 80s albums today and then the, in the yeah. next podcast we will carry on from the 90s to present um so which brings me to technique which is the last album we're covering 1989 um i like the i like this one quite a lot too like i liked all the way loveless which was pretty sad mm -hmm. uh run and dream attack which was like a very relaxing melodic yeah um i don't know haunting song i guess <laughs> right. but uh those are my four uh overall i quite enjoyed the album um and uh just a quick mention 1990 they also did the world cup song which is just like one year after this album so that's <laughs> yeah. that's uh, most people in the uk that's where the new new order from was that world cup yeah. song but um yeah i want to get your thoughts on technique if you will so uh, yeah technique is my all-time favorite album this is like one of those desert albums that I yeah. would, you know. Wow. Okay. Like if I can ever take, I would take this album. Yeah, um, yeah. I can never get enough of this album. Never. Yeah. Um, I list like songs like Fine Time. It sounds like what the UK house scene must have sounded like. Um, they also, you know, uh, as you mentioned before, um, uh, Vanishing Point was a standout track for me. Mm -hmm. Um all the ways like a textbook new order song. Yeah. Like just the structure and everything. Everything was tight. Everything was beautiful on this album. I cannot like, again, it's so hard for me to, you know, say like anything bad about this album. And that yeah. I, I feel, uh, and I, and I, I'm glad that you're here because you kind of keep it real. You kind of keep it in the check. Like, uh, you know, Hey, you know, it's not, come on, man. It ain't no, GNR appetite for destruction. Okay, let's calm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I think that's important. So I'm glad that you're here and you can kind of uh, level it all off and it's not like hero worship over here. No, no, no. But, music is all about feel, man. It's all about feel. Yeah, what, exactly. What you feel. So I don't judge anybody who likes any band, but that being said, yeah. I'm really happy that I finally, finally got into the order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, it's... um. Uh, but as I like to mention more about New Order is that um, it's I wouldn't say that it's uh, it's it's not a difficult band to get into, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can pick up Blue Monday. I mean, uh, easily, mm -hmm. and a few yeah. other, you know, Age of Consent, Love Vigilantes. They're all they're all very accessible songs. Yeah. Um, I would like to also add that uh, you mentioned that World in Motion. Yeah. That is legendary uh, Liverpool. Yes, yes, yes. Player uh, John Barnes. John Barnes did a little rap. Um, yeah. Funny story. Uh, he was on a program recently where like old players uh, play against Germany. So like Robbie Fowler, him. Right, right. Um, I think some guys from Arsenal. Anyway, so it was like a documentary, right? Like it was like a good like four or five week documentary. 
And in that, he still knew his rap from the New Order song, <laughs> word for word, and he repeated. I'm like, this guy must have loved that moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, does he do, like, um, commentary now? or? Yeah, yeah he, does, uh, he does a lot of TV work. I haven't seen him recently, but for a long time, he was doing a lot of broadcasting and stuff in the UK, yeah. Yeah, because I'll, for my, um, when I watch soccer, I usually catch my um, my commentary with different various uh, commentators like uh, sometimes I got I got like uh, Henry Thierry from like uh, Arsenal legend uh, legendary Arsenal player mm-hmm. sometimes I'll catch him and uh, one of my all time favorites um, uh, no I don't think it was Roberto Baggio no, no not Roberto Baggio um, but John Barnes I had heard him a couple times so yeah I guess he's uh He's yeah, still he's, he's still out there in UK and still doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty well known here. You know, he's pretty yeah. well known. Yeah. He's relevant, meaning he's relevant in society today. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone knows John's Bar- John Barnes. He was also an incredible player, let's not forget. But uh, yes, he's still too. he's still relevant because of the TV, definitely. Would you say, like, for our American audience that he's the equivalent of, say, Charles Barkley? Um Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good mm-hmm. uh good analogy i a guess good, uh, a, a lot. good comparison i guess um yeah maybe maybe not as well known because like i haven't seen him tv recently but like definitely the okay. 90s and 2000s he was on tv right. all, all the time um, okay i think he still is but he's not on the sky sports channel so i don't see him but uh yeah 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 you could say that you could say that definitely you know kenny smith uh charles barkley the way they are in nba he's mm-hmm. like, comparable to john burns uh, yeah yeah, with a shout out. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad you got to listen to that song. Do they play that song all the time whenever England goes to the UK, or that's yes, just yes, yes. Oh, it's, it, nice. I think it was voted the best World Cup song <laughs> recently as well. So, it's uh, it's on TV all the time, man. <laughs> that is that is hilarious because during football, yeah, World Cups, yeah, and, yeah. I I remember watching that. That was uh, the 1990 World Cup. I remember yeah. watching that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the very first World Cup I saw was 86. And um, 1990, the standout star was the Dutch player who played for AC Milan. And also... Um, Van Basten? Was... No, not Van Basten. Uh, the dreadlock guy. He's my second favorite player. Oh, Ruud Hullet. Yes, Ruud Gillet. Yeah. Who turned? Who uh, when you and I would play FIFA, uh, we would say "sexy football." He <laughs> came up with that term, and then I use it as well as a homage to my man. So yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, whole, I, whole, I, oh, yeah. And AC Milan, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The, and that that was it was like a cool scene, you know. It was like a, I think it was like, um, um, you know, soccer and then New Order. I didn't know. I like in 1990. I didn't know no new order. I was definitely not. This is something I found out in the United. I mean Canada. Yeah. It was like I don't think I listened to any new order in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> which is which is pretty interesting that a guy from Canada would pick up new order. It's not their normal kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, fandom up up there, or or is it? I, I might be wrong. Like, is New Order big in Canada, or not so much? I I believe I, I, you know a lot of people have family and relatives in the UK. Ah, uh, okay. So, all right. There's yeah, a link, link and there. I think yeah. yeah, and especially in the Toronto area. Yeah. Um, we do tend to be more Anglophiles. Oh yeah, you've um, mentioned this before, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we do consume more British culture. Yeah. Than Americans, uh, maybe. I, yeah, mainstream American culture. Um, I think it's because of our cultural link to the yes. UK. Yes. So, and you've you've been here. Like, I think there was, I think uh, for you, it might have been like England in a twilight zone, right? Oh, yeah, it's definitely comparable. It's definitely um, yeah. a, a comfort level there where, um, yeah. you know, I think a person from the UK could easily live in Canada and move. Uh, and they do quite often. Um, yes. You know, uh, I just saw recently one of my colleagues is, is up there. You know, from the UK, so it's yeah. quite uh, quite a good place to um, to migrate and vice versa if you are yeah. if you want to. A lot of a uh, lot of UK, um, you know, cultures kind of embedded into the Canadian culture, which is which yes. is awesome. Which is awesome, I think. 
Yeah, it is awesome. Um, to this day, I remember first moving here, not a lot of people were into the EPL, but today many, many people are into the EPL. Wow. Um, yeah, there, there you go. Um, Goes to show. Yeah, and that's that's the number one. Number two, the musical, musical taste, and um, even uh, the TV shows. Um, I, I, have you been watching at all, like, um, Line of Duty from the no. UK? No, I have not seen that. That's a police, yeah, it, uh, police drama? Yeah, police procedural. It's yeah. uh, There's a certain segment of the Canadian and American population that is really into that show. Wow. And, I, should, um, I should check it out then. Yeah, we're, we love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, I always <laughs> like saying things like, He's a bet copper. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like that, that kind of a hard, hard hitting series. Highly encourage our fan base to probably put on some new order and watch. Don't do it simultaneously. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> oh my! Line God. of Duty. Do check out Line of Duty. It's so Line fun. of Duty. There you have it, viewers, yeah. the listeners, listeners. Yep. Listen. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, I, I think in this particular podcast, we tried to not keep it strictly to music, right? Like we did do a little bit of peppering of pop culture here and there, right? Well, yeah, music's part of pop culture and our lives, so we talk yep. about everything, really. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we should be. So in closing, uh, two questions I want to ask. Uh, Rasul Rocket, what did you think of New Order in the 80s? Um, I was, I would say, pleasantly surprised. Um, mm -hmm. I thought, uh, you know, I'll probably like a few songs and that'll be it. But I was, I liked them more than I thought I was going to like them. Right. Um, I think especially when I hit Low Life and Love Vigilantes came out, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> and immediately I thought of uh, The Smiths. Immediately I thought of The Cure. Mm -hmm. um, immediately all the synth I've been listening to, it all kind of came together, right? Like in this uh, mm -hmm. bubble that... I'm quite enjoying at the moment. So I'm really looking right. forward to now listening to the second part of their career um, mm -hmm. in preparation for the next, next podcast. But right. overall, I would say a very um, influential band. Like, for example, The Killers wouldn't exist without this band. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't listened to them. I, was like, well, I can hear The Killers in here too. Mm -hmm. So definitely one of the innovative um, pioneers that uh, should be respected and you know given a chance. Um, especially with, I would uh, ask the younger generation to kind of go back and listen to them. You can kind of see where some of your favorite bands um, came from, really. Hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I uh, really enjoyed it. A um, couple albums were really awesome, like Low Life, uh, Technique, you know, even Power Corruption Lies. So I would Great. definitely revisit those uh, at some point. Yeah. Uh, the and tying into like how they were influenced, they influenced so many other bands, especially the latter bands. But did you hear an influence say, on a band like Oasis? Um, I didn't really. I mean, aside from the Manchester mm -hmm. thing, but I can, in a way, yes, because I think they kind of uh, influenced Stone Roses, who influenced Oasis, right? So that's the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yes, from that point of view, but uh, I suppose so a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely there. You know, you can hear that Manchester thing, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> in there. But I would say that Stone Temple, uh, not Stone Temple, sorry, Stone Roses was the bridge between those two bands. Yeah, I I think my personal opinion is that there there was an influence, but I think that the Gallagher brothers really wanted to say, you know, we don't want to rehash that sound. We want to create an older. Not an older sound per se, but a back to the basics kind of sound. Yeah, um, Beatles. More, yeah, more like the Beatles, and there and there, and it was you know it was like a mix. It was like late nineties, I mean late uh, early nineties indie rock and um, and the Beatles. Like it was that's what makes the uh, Oasis so fresh is that they mm. combined those two sounds. Definitely, definitely. And it separated them from, say, like just doing, um, you know, a Charlton's album all over again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I I uh, I agree with you on that. That there's that you know, especially if you were listening to rock music in the O's, this that's where the sound was coming from. This is this is the 
precursor to that. Yeah, this is the source, the well. Yeah. Um, the other, yeah. The other question I want to ask is: Did you ever get a chance to watch Twenty Four Hour Party People? I have no idea what that is, so the answer is no. <laughs> okay. Um. So, um, it's basically about the Manchester scene. I. Oh yes, I should I should make a note of this. Yeah. I think you are a Steve Coogan fan, right? Oh, yeah. oh big time! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, then, oh, you missed out, man. You big time missed out. So, um, 24 Hour Party People is about uh, kind of like a loose biography of a UK presenter on Granada TV. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, his name escapes me. His name was Stephen, was it? Um, hold on one second. Yeah. Let me pull this up. And so, it's a 2002 film. Right. And it's uh yeah so the the pre- I don't know if you're familiar with the presenter his name was Tony Wilson. Tony Wilson, let me. Uh, it sounds familiar, you know. Yeah, he's he's passed away now. Yeah. Uh, and a relatively young aged as well. Oh yeah, oh, I'm just looking at his picture. I recognize him. Definitely recognize. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Especially when you when you had moved from Saudi to UK, you yeah. probably saw a lot more of him on TV. Yeah, he looks uh, looks very familiar. Yeah. So it, that was the biography of you know, of uh, of him, and it's it definitely there's the new orders in there in that band in that in that um, in that um, film, and you I watched so that that movie came out two thousand two and this was like the height of me and Anglo cult Anglophile culture right. I bet. <laughs> um, like, this was the height. Like, I watched that movie, and um, I went in and I bought like Puma trainers, Adidas trainers, track jackets. You know, like I was like, I'm all in, man. I'm all in. Good, good, man. It, yeah, yeah. It's to this day. It's like um, I love that. Uh, you know, that late '80s. Um, that lady, these Manchester scene. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Th- so they, as you, you and I are both familiar with like 1969 was called the summer of love. Right. Right. And, um, and so in 1989 was the second summer of love. Yep. Which was happening in Manchester. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, and this was like, again, like as if you're from the United States, you had no idea. You had no idea this was going on. Yeah. Like, we completely, completely, completely missed the ball. Everybody, I would say that for a good 10 years, Americans didn't discover that scene. So from, like, because, I mean, like, at that time, this was the height of, like, you know, um, hair metal, right? Like, this mm. is, like, just... And I don't want to poo-poo over those bands, but, you know, they were not good. They were not good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, there was still a bad connotation or a bad, um, I want to say, like, um, uh, mark left by dance music because of disco. So it was not even in you know, it didn't even make sense for most Americans at that time. So all of a sudden this house music was blowing up in UK. Like they were taking like New York house scene. They got the tapes and they were influenced by it. And you can totally hear it in technique. You can totally hear it in primal screams, first album Mm. Uh, and pet shop boys as well that, Oh, this is a cool new sound. We need to, you know, incorporate into our own stuff. And as that summer of 89, the second summer of 89 was blowing up, we had no idea. We completely dropped the ball. And then and I think immediately after that, people were getting tired of like these hair metal bands in the United States. And we jumped into grunge and then from grunge to post grunge mm. and mm. like, and then, uh, you know, rap metal. So yep. again, it was all lost until like these bunch of weird guys. No, I shouldn't say weird. But these bunch of guys in New York City, um, like, you know, The Strokes and LCD Sound System. Definitely. Um, uh, Juan McLean. They were like, whoa, this is gold. Yeah. All this stuff that was happening in Manchester 10 years ago. 
yeah. was gold. And to, and, and to me as well, like at that time, we're like coming from the background that I had. I was like, well, this is so – this is gold. I didn't know. Like, again, you know, we listen to music with – when we were children, we listened to music without prejudice, right? So I didn't know that disco was so hated in the United States. Um, likewise, both you and I didn't know that, you know, the Illusions 1 and Illusions 2 was a bloated album mm. that people were like, oh, they've lost their, you know, they've lost their touch. I didn't know that until like 10 years ago. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, this is the best album ever. Yeah. Both of these albums are the best albums ever. Yeah. But. Yeah, so we listen to stuff without prejudice. And I think, uh, you know, coming back when we were revisiting this stuff, like, um, and I, uh, you know, this, this, the Manchester scene was so influential for me. Like, it just, like, I remember going to these concerts and bands that were just, you know, they were just copying. Like, some of these bands were not good. Like, opening act for, say, something like, you know, um the killers in 2003 yeah they, you know i can't even remember the name of the bands they weren't that good right but they were definitely copying that sound yeah yeah of Manchester 1989 wow and um interesting it yeah like i said before like you know i bought ben sherman track jackets <laughs> <laughs> you know puma Adi sneakers Adidas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adidas C sneakers there you go and i still there. wear them i still wear them i love them yeah. And, um, well, it is huge they, now, but yeah. 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 Whenever they do re-releases, like I think not too long ago, they did a re-release, and I showed you the picture as well of um, these 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 tennis shoes, these these Adidas sneakers that were not that good. They were just basically sneakers for handball, and so I guess oh, when yeah 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 yeah. So in the UK, they would sell them for cheap. Because, you know, they bought a whole stock of them. Not everybody plays European handball. Very, yeah, so, very little. Very, not very Yeah, common. very little. Yeah. Exactly. So these guys, they just, oh, these sneakers look great. You know, they look fly. Let's get them. Yeah. And they would, they were cheap sneakers. You could get them for like, I think at that time, like 20, 15 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these kids would go to the raves and now you can get them for like 100 pounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same sneakers right and i bought and i just recently bought them because again so influenced by the manchester scene yes so amazed by what was going on over there yeah. and it didn't it never stopped it never stopped because you had oasis come out of there right after mm -hmm. and then immediately after the streets came out yeah so and i think still to this day great grime rap artists are coming out from there so it's never stopped. It's still going on. And it's people tend to think like, you know, LA, Los Angeles, that's where music is from. And, you know, maybe London. to a certain degree, London yeah. or Liverpool or New York city. Yeah. But man, you can't, you cannot discount Manchester. No, it's no. Just, yeah. It's Manchester, right up there. It is up there. It is up there. You know, so yeah, it's um, so again. I was so excited to do this podcast. I really love, <laughs> you know, yeah. New Order. Um, as you can see, the excitement in my in me. Yes, um, <laughs> we finally got I, there. Know, finally got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I uh, it's not that um, I was always hesitant to do this podcast because I was like, yeah, you know, I would never be fair. And I, and I think the audience and even you would kind of suspect like, yeah, hey, he's a little too excited about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm glad I got to do it. And, yeah. Um, you know, I like challenging myself. I like challenging music as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and through you, I got to listen to a lot of Iron Maiden, like, you know, listen without prejudice. Um, yeah, that's what uh, it should be. You know, that's what it yeah. should be. And, it was, you know, I knew... I knew Iron Maiden was a very technically savant band. Yeah. What made me, yeah. What was humorous was like how serious their fan base is. That's what's, that's <laughs> yes. what's hilarious to me. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's including our, our good friend of the podcast, Deep Cut. Yes. Who's, uh, shout out to Deep Cut. You Deep know, Cut. Um, yes. You know, he's, uh, he knew and he's like, I, I, would you say he's like the prototypical uh, fan of um, Iron Maiden? 
I would say or so. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he loves the maiden, and yeah. so you know, uh, I think it 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 attracts a very unique individual. Yes, yes. So yeah. and very interesting individual at the same time. Definitely, definitely. Um, so before we do, uh, uh, you know, before we do bid farewell to our audience, um, I do want to, I do want to, uh, recommend that, um, Rasul, you're also on, uh, on another podcast called Fillmore Brothers. And I want to give a shout out to Fillmore Brothers as well. If you guys get a chance, it's on YouTube. That's where I've been listening to them. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. The YouTube thing was kind of an experiment, but, uh, yeah, we're on yeah. Spotify and Apple. Um, that is... Yeah. Poet, uh, which is my alter ego, and uh, Zaki, mm -hmm. also known as Loco, also known as Deep Cut. But uh, yeah, check yep. that out. That's more of uh, you know uh, pop culture, films, TV shows, video games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank yeah, thanks. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize that people were listening to that <laughs> from my friends. I thought people were like, ah, yeah. I forgot this. But uh, I'm happy no, to no, hear that you're uh, kind of listening yeah. to that too. You know. Yeah, and I want to give us you know like a shout out. Um, the guys do review a lot of Super Nintendo games. That's what I've. And I'm just going to give you some of the things that I did listen to, like some Super Nintendo games. There was a pop culture in the late 90s. Did you guys do, you guys did that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we did a few years. Yeah, we did a few years. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a Terminator um, um, review as well, Terminator yes. 2. Yep. Uh, did you guys cover Terminator 1? Yep, both of them, yeah. Yeah, both of them. So I listened to both of them. Um, there was a Top Gun review as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes so uh <laughs> oh, okay. yeah yeah so yeah guys if you enjoy that stuff please please check out the fillmore brothers thank you um, thank you sir thank you sir. yeah yeah uh i've uh planted some seeds in their heads uh <laughs> yes, I yes. Asked them, yeah yeah so i was like uh, hey man if you guys can uh you know do a couple of these kind of episodes that would be nice so that would be a uh um uh a viewer request so guys yeah. go ahead and get in there listen to their stuff maybe give them a couple of real requests review uh you know viewer requests um uh at the same time you know it does cover something that we don't cover here but we kind of like uh, talk about it a bit but they will review things like of that nature as well um especially video games um both brothers are phenomenal gamers and they do enjoy retro gaming as well well thank you very much for that shout out um yeah. so um it's been a pleasure as always so we will continue we will continue with the order uh, next time which won't be yep. too long from now. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. We don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to leave too much time lapse. Right, yeah, we've had a long enough break, so it's time to yeah. get back into it. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the IROC uh, City Podcast with Rocket and K9. And have a great day.